When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Alrighty, everybody, welcome to the Barca Blagronas podcast. We are joined by Joe Fischetti from the Forza Napoli pod to preview a Europa League clash of giants. Joe, how are we doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? Thank you for having me on. I'm doing good. Uh, I'm excited to that Barcelona still get to participate in European football, as I'm sure you are excited Napoli get to do the same as well. Um, I, I want to spend the majority of the podcast getting to know your team. Uh, because Barcelona and Napoli, it's, I think they played in 2020, so it's been a couple years. Uh, d- kind of just give me the overarching narrative of Napoli's uh, season thus far. So the season has been pretty good. I think a lot has changed for both clubs since the last time we played against each other. <laughs> um, obviously, uh, you and, and your listeners know everything that's going, been going on with Barcelona. Um, Napoli have been dealing with their own drama not so much financially like Barcelona but uh, with uh, the players more so than anything there was a few seasons ago there was a, a mutiny in the locker room that um, really broke up the squad and caused a lot of uh, turmoil and the results uh, were really poor and since then we haven't played in the Champions League um, this match feels like the closest thing to a Champions League match that we've played in since then um, that being said, the, the club seems to have turned it around now. Um, after that mutiny, Napoli hired Gennaro Gattuso to be the, the manager, and he he got them through the storm, and it was supposed to be a short-term hire, hire but he did so well in his first season that they kept him on for another season. Um, Napoli missed the Champions League by one point last season um, on the final match day of the, of the season. So then... Gattuso was not renewed and Napoli hired Luciano Spalletti, who's a a well-known Italian coach, but also um, he's worked a little bit outside of Italy. And the season had been going fairly well. Napoli started the season unbeaten, I believe, in the first 12 matches. I think it was 11 wins and a draw or 10 wins and two draws. So great start to the season. That changed expectations a little bit because at the start of the season, the goal was to finish in the top four, get back into the Champions League. And with a start like that, the goal became to win the Scudetto. Then, like last season, Napoli suffered just a a whole host of injuries and they were piling up in COVID cases. 
Um, and so Napoli dropped a couple of uh, results against clubs that you wouldn't expect them to, Empoli and Spezia in particular. And so that that knocked them out of the, the top, but they are still very much competing for the Scudetto um, with, I believe, 13 matches left to play. Napoli are third, but only two points back of Milan, who are top of the table. Inter are one point above Napoli, one point behind Milan, but they have a game in hand. So call that four points back of the, the top of the table with 13 matches to play. Yeah, and uh, Napoli are obviously coming off a great... Or- I, I guess I'm interested to hear your perspective, right? They come off a 1-1 draw with Inter over the weekend. It was a home match, but uh, anytime you can, you know, take points off the the then. I I can't remember if Inter were at the... T- I think Inter were behind Milan at this point because they just come off the loss to Milan, but Milan have a, a match in hand. Regardless, uh, not the worst result. Were you happy with a 1-1 draw with Inter at home? So I have mixed feelings about it. So Inter were top of the table coming into this match, uh, despite losing to Milan in the previous round that actually reduced the gap between coming into this round, Inter were one point ahead of both Milan and Napoli. So, so Milan moved ahead because of this draw. I have mixed feelings about it because it's a match against your direct rival and you could potentially go top of the table, even if temporarily because of that match in hand. And what was disappointing about the match is that Napoli had a really strong first half, a really strong first half hour of the match, you can say, and probably should have scored at least another goal. Piotr Zelensky hit the upright. They, they squandered a few more chances. And then Spalletti changed tactics at halftime, and it seemed like Napoli were quite content with a draw there. And, and that's sort of ignited a big debate amongst Napoli fans about whether that was the correct approach. Do you play conservative, protect the draw, stay in the race, as opposed to risking attacking more, maybe exposing yourself at the back and, and potentially losing the match. If that happens, you fall potentially seven points behind Inter, and, and now the Scudetto is really difficult, probably not possible. Or do you go for it? It's You're, you're, you're playing in at home at the, the Maradona, 50% capacity. It's probably the biggest attendance we've had all season or close to it. Do you go for the win there? Um, the club elected not to. So I, I have mixed feelings about it. I would have liked to see Napoli push forward more. I think we have the quality in our squad. Um, Spalletti made some pretty late substitutions as well. But again, it was all based on this approach of more playing not to lose rather than to win. Do you think that there was some semblance of conservatism in the approach to the game because of the Barcelona match midweek? Or do you think just because, I mean, Inter obviously have a big match against Liverpool uh, today as we're recording. Um, but do you think some of the conservative play from Napoli was due to this match or did he just throw everything and he just decided to play conservative for the sake of it? No, I think if anything, it was more to do with that goal of qualifying for the Champions League, which is our, our top priority first and foremost, because Serie A is is so competitive this season that Napoli are simultaneously competing for the Scudetto and trying to fend off clubs like Atalanta and Juventus and and a few others that are creeping up, Lazio, Roma, Fiorentina, from overtaking them in the race for the Champions League. So I think it was more to not lose that one point, which you might say, well, it's just one point. But again, I mentioned last season – that one point would have been the difference between playing in the Champions League or not. So I think the conservatism was more to do with ensuring Napoli finish in the top four and lesser to do with uh, 
with this match against Barcelona. Gotcha. So kind of talking about the match that our two teams are participating in, um, what sort of performance basically do you, does Barcelona need to pull out to exploit Napoli? Like what are the weaknesses Napoli has that this Barcelona team can take advantage of from your perspective? It's interesting. Um, I, to be honest, I think it's actually a pretty good matchup for Napoli. Um, obviously Barcelona have a few sort of unknown factors with some of the players that have come in. I'd be curious to know what, what you think in terms of a starting lineup, but um, the, the one thing that I think scares all Napoli fans is the matchup between Traore at right wing and whoever we play at left back. Cause left back is our weakest position. Um, we could start Mario Rui there, but he's much smaller. He, he has the pace to keep up with Traore, but a lot smaller so he could get bullied. Um, I think we'll start Juan Jesus there, who's got the size, but not the pace. So I think Traore can dribble past him as well. That That's our biggest concern, I would say. I think um, we're fortunate that after having all of those injuries and all of those COVID cases, we've now pretty much recovered. We had some key players away at AFCON. They're back in the squad. So this is a pretty close to full squad. Um, the other area of weakness that we have at the moment is um, over the last couple of weeks, both of our right wingers got hurt. Um, Chucky Lozano got hurt playing for Mexico on international duty. And then just this past weekend against Inted, uh, Matteo Politano picked up a calf injury. So we'll, we'll see who Napoli plays there, but it's, it's basically our, our third right winger. So that's another area of weakness for us. Yeah, I mean, you talk about uh, Traore. I mean, my ideal Barcelona lineup, and this is not going to happen, is Ferran Torres, Usman Dembele, and Traore as a front three. Uh, it's probably not going to happen. Uh, they're probably going to throw in uh, uh, a Luke de Jong or a Bomiang or I don't know. I, I really don't know what they're going to do up top. But I think the thing that excites me the most is the potential midfield trio of Gavi, de Jong, and Pedri. Like, I think that's where Barcelona could really take advantage of things. Um, how do you think the Napoli midfield matches up against uh, a potential midfield of those three? It's it's interesting. Um, yeah, it wasn't... I guess so if you think Gavi will be in the midfield, maybe then you have uh, either Aubameyang or Torres on the left, I guess. Or one, the two of them playing striker and, and left wing. Um, yeah, I mean, my hope would be that it's Dembele or Chiroi that they switch one of them up right. and they put th throw Ferran Torres up top, but that's probably not going to happen, and so I don't really know what they're going to do up top. Yeah, for Napoli's midfield, we'll probably see... Um, Napoli play a 4-2-3-1, first of all, so uh, in terms of how we defend, what will happen is the two wingers will basically drop, um, and we would defend in a 4-4-2, so... Most likely, Napoli will have uh, Frank Zambuangisa and Fabian Ruiz as the double pivot. I like that Angisa has size and technical ability. He hasn't been in form, but he has to start because uh, Stanislav Lobotka, who was, play was playing really well uh, over the last month or so, he also picked up an injury against Inted. So Angisa will start, but he's a, a more than capable replacement. And then what will happen is Lorenzo Insigne and whoever plays at right wing, they'll drop when we're defending. Um, and, and then in the attack, they, they come low to, to show for the ball as well. So we might actually be able to create a bit of a numerical advantage there. Um, but I am concerned um, about 
you know, with, with Pedri and, and Gavi, sort of the pace and the technical ability. And then if, and, and I guess Frankie de Jong as well. Um, so it, it's a tough one. I think it'll, that's probably where the match is going to be won, if I had to guess. So um, answer me this. Did Napoli do anything in the winter transfer window that you think helps them in the stretch run? Not really, to be honest. Uh, but I don't think Napoli needed to do anything either. Um, the only player that we signed was a dry loan of uh, for Axel Twanzebe from Manchester United, who was previously on loan, I think, at Aston Villa. Um, but he would be our fourth center back, and he's not even in the squad. Um, they they didn't include him in the squad list. He's also been dealing with some back pain. But Napoli didn't, in my opinion, need to do much in the winter mercato just because the squad is very deep when healthy. Um, a lot of people wanted to see more more transfers in the winter because at the time we had quite a few injuries but it, it wouldn't have really made sense because then players would come back from injury and and now you have too many players and and there's also you know financial reasons so um no no major signings but i don't think that necessarily hurts uh, hurts the team so what should barcelona be most afraid about about your team for me if he starts i would say victor osiman um just because I know Barcelona are a little bit um, thin, I guess across the entire back line at the moment, uh, you know, injuries at center back. I was, I was looking at the squad and, you know, I see Jordi Alba probably plays at left back and Sergio, uh, Sergio Desta at right back, but I don't see a whole lot of depth in those positions. So you have, I imagine some, some tired legs, some, you know, we saw Eric Garcia's mistake uh, against Espanol you know, Victor Osman is is the type of player that he's very dynamic, he's very quick, he can beat you in a lot of ways, he's very strong. That being said, I'm actually not expecting Osman to start um, just because I think with the, the away goal rule no longer being there, I suspect Napoli is going to play more conservatively in this match, being in Spain, uh, probably play for the draw and then maybe go after it in the second, uh, in the return fixture. And also, Osman, there were reports today on uh, Wednesday that he picked up a minor muscle injury. So I think he'll still be in the squad, but I think that makes it less likely for him to start. Um, I think what, what Barcelona fans will want to look out for is that, ironically, Napoli play kind of a tiki-taka style. It's a very um, attack-minded approach. It's a lot of short, quick passes, triangles, movement off the ball. Um, and, and that's how, how we'll look to push the ball forward. I'm glad you brought up away goals. Uh, I wanted to kind of chat about this as the uh, kind of the ending topic. Um, did you get a chance to watch the PSG Real Madrid match yesterday? I did. I watched most of it, yeah. Okay. Uh, then you got to watch basically like a, a race car just decide to park itself in the garage and sit back and play like they were freaking like Stoke City on a you know Tuesday night in uh, November. Um I guess I, when I first, when the idea of the away goals going away was first introduced, whenever that was last year or something like that, I was personally excited about it um, without thinking about what that would mean. And what it meant was that I had to watch Real Madrid basically sit back and be okay, just taking the brunt of PSG's talented and yet somehow pathetic attack for 90 minutes before Mbappe decided not to pass and win the match. Um how do you, you and, and you mentioned Napoli, right? They might sit back and decide to soak up some of the pressure, which would be, I'm interested to see because part of me feels like 
Barcelona might just like not be able to score a goal if there's a good defensive team that just sit back. Um, how do you feel about the away goal change heading into the Europa League and the Champions League knockout stages? I think I'm I'm with you on this. At the time, I thought, okay, this is a, an antiquated rule. It makes sense to get rid of it. But this is the consequence that we have to live with as well, that it does change the way managers will approach matches and it, it discourages clubs from attacking when they're away from home. Um, and that match yesterday was the perfect example of that. I think... Napoli have probably the best defense in all of Serie A. Um, Napoli have conceded the fewest goals in all of Serie A. That match against Inter, Inter are the most uh, prolific attacking team, and they barely got any chances in the match. Napoli held them to Inter score in a lot of different ways. Um, they're especially good on set pieces, and Napoli held them to two corner kicks in the entire match. So never mind free kicks and, and penalty kicks, but corner kicks only two. And the first one was in the 90th minute. So if Napoli decide to play defensively, they could make it very difficult for Barcelona. What would happen is you'll see, I mean, they Spalletti always designs his game plan based on the opponent and what he's seen from what he studied, obviously like any manager. Um, but we would typically see those, those, the double pivot play pretty, play pretty low um, drop in front of the center backs and, and really congest the middle of the park. Um, I'm not expecting, again, because of the conservative conservative approach, I'm not expecting a high press. I'm, I'm expecting more of a compact uh, defensive setup. So we'll probably allow Barcelona to, to pass the ball around at the back, maybe get across midfield, and then that's where it's going to be very difficult to break through. And again, not knowing who will who will start in, from an attacking standpoint for Barcelona, and then you know the fact that you could be potentially introducing players that haven't played all that much or haven't played in a while. You know, I've heard Memphis might be in the squad, you know, Brathwaite is there, but guys that, that haven't been playing a whole lot, I guess, under, under Javi, I, I do wonder whether Barcelona will be able to break through. Cool. This sounds like a, uh, an exhilarating match. Then we just get to watch Barcelona pound their heads against a concrete wall. The best, <laughs> The best, the, the best Italian defensive team is that's, that's super encouraging. Um, how is Napoli's counterattack then? Well, this is part of the problem again, and it all it all depends on uh, on Victor Osman starting or not. If he's in the squad, he can be pretty lethal just on his own because he's so fast, and uh, you know all you have to do is is go long, and and most times he's going to get there first, or he'll hold the ball up and allow his his teammates to catch up. If he's not in the squad, then this is going to be a miserable match for both of us because it could be a lot of Napoli defending, Barcelona running into that wall, and Napoli just booting the ball long and giving it back and just over and over again. I'm hoping we can sustain some possession so it's not just that because our counterattack, as we saw against Inter on the weekend, need some work. Um, there were a couple of occasions in that match where Napoli had the opportunity to break in the second half and really didn't do anything with it. We often just turn back and try to slow the play down and, and rebuild. So yeah, not a great counterattack. That's great. Um, sounds like a, it, it's going to be a thrilling match. Probably have the laptop next to me while I'm uh, watching <laughs> this. Um, so into the mind of Joe, right? We, we What do you think Napoli are going to come out and do because in my opinion right if you're heading into a a typical year where you have a matchup with Barcelona maybe you're okay like oh we want to sit back and take their attack on but when you watch match film you're not there's nothing that really 
terrifies me about Barcelona, right? Like, yes, Traore can have a run here or there. If Dembele gets to play, he can have a run here and there. But they're not they're not prolific within the bounds of the entire offensive scheme yet. That's just not that's not what Barcelona is. So do you th- because in my opinion, I think Napoli could come out and compete with Barcelona and not have to sit back and take it. I think they could win the match, right? Do you think they're going to come out and play aggressive or do you think they're just going to park the bus? To be honest, despite what I've already said, I don't think they're going to play that defensively. I think it's going to be somewhere in between. I think they're going to try to control the tempo. Um, you know, they can you can play defensively while counterintuitively, I guess, having the ball. <laughs> um, you know, if Napoli are very good at keeping the ball, um, they're very good at playing out of the back. And so I think if Napoli can control the tempo, they can take a lot of time off of the clock without necessarily being super aggressive in the attack. But I do think Napoli can win this match as well. I mean, anything, you know, it doesn't take much. And I think what the game plan might be, and this is just my speculation, it's not anything that I've I've read or heard or anything like that, but I think it'll definitely be a conservative first half. And then I think in the second half, we might see either side trying to, to push more for a goal. You know, if Osimhen starts on the bench, you could see Napoli bringing him on around the you know 65th, 70th minute and, and maybe trying to snatch a victory um, late in the match, perhaps on one of these counterattacks. Um, so I think, I think Napoli will still try to control the tempo and pass the ball around a lot, but with a very sort of defense uh, approach, defensive approach. Awesome. Uh, are you someone who likes to make predictions or no? Yeah, I'm fine with it. Despite okay, being cool. Napoli 10. <laughs> okay. I'm going to say Napoli 2, Barcelona 1. What is your prediction? I'm going with 1-1. One, one. You're going with 1-1. One, one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Keep things competitive for the second leg. Well, I guess even 2-1 would be competitive because there's no away goals. So it's like whatever. Anything could happen. Exactly. I guess that's the flip side, right? It, it yeah. It kind of changes it in that sense. Uh, yeah, so far with the uh, the two Champions League matches yesterday, though, I'm uh, I'm not super excited about the away goal rule, but we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, there's a lot of football to be played, and perhaps not every team, perhaps not every matchup will have a team that says we're just going to sit here and soak up pressure for 90 minutes and and that's it. But um, Joe, thank you for joining us. Everyone, check out the Forza Napoli Pod. Um, I'm guessing Spotify, all the places you can get your podcasts. Um, they're on Twitter as well, and uh, we appreciate you carving out some time for us this week. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me.